Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Matt Richtel with us. Matt, we were talking about these microbes that are on our bodies, and most of them are good and essential. Uh, one of the things you have talked about is to avoid antibacterial soap and hand sanitizers because they kill off the good ones too, don't they? Yeah, they're killing off the good ones, and they are weakening your immune system. And they may be giving you allergies and even autoimmune disorders. Gosh. Although I don't want to overstate the last part. You want to hear how that's happening? Oh, my gosh. How? Okay. So check this out. We were talking about the bouncer and the ballet dancer. Mm-hmm. Well, the deal with your body, the deal with this incredible system going on inside of you is it must be trained. It is trying constantly to figure out how to calibrate, how to react with the bouncer, how to react with the ballet dancer, and how to react with something in between. The way it learns, the way it gets trained, is by interaction with the natural world. So all those microbes, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about on your desk, on the wheel, you know how you're always going and uh, you touch a door handle and then you put the goop on your hands or you see all the people, I did this myself, I got kids, you know, they, they sit up, they touch a banister and then you squirt all that stuff all over them. Yep, yep. What that is doing is starving their immune systems of the interaction with good, bad, or indifferent, and then the immune system can't learn. And that's when it either overreacts or underreacts. So... See, but some people think, Matt, if you don't kill those microbes and those germs, your immune system will get beaten by them. So and, that's why they want to kill them. And, and I will say, I understand why people have fallen for that, because we have come not so long ago from physical environments where, things are, where we had no capacity to deal with really bad things that hit us. We didn't understand where they came from. We didn't cook our meat properly. You saw some cultures say, well, we're not going to eat beef or pork. Those were probably put in place due to hygiene. I go back in this book and quote from Exodus where they talk about ritual hand washing. But as we have moved forward, our water systems have gotten clean. Our sewage... Now, here I'm talking about the, the developed world. But we have much less to fear, and so we have overcorrected. And we have overcorrected partly because there are big marketing campaigns that are, that are directed at people saying, be careful, your door handle will kill you. That's be careful, true. the public bus will kill you. Don't get on an airplane, you'll be dead by the time you land. Huh. It is not true. Since I've written this book, George, I, you know, the dog licks my face in the morning. I don't even, <laughs> I, I don't even wash it off because that's just, that's just microbes. Building up your system. I am building my system. There is ample evidence that overly hygienic environments lead to more allergies because your immune system doesn't know how to react properly, and it overreacts to things like pollen. I could so, see that happening, too. I could see that, where 
if you don't give your body a chance to build up its own immunity, it's not going to be able to fight this stuff off. Just think about kids going to kindergarten and how they get in preschool. They get sick all the time. Everybody knows what that is. That's the immune system growing accustomed to the world around it. So I will say this to people. <laughs> Just Again, I mentioned I had my college roommate, and he can be you know, sometimes not all that bright. I'm not telling you don't wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. I'm not telling you don't wash your hands before you eat. I am saying, hey, the five-second rule may actually be okay. You don't need to spray the goop on yourself all the time. I think of it as hygiene, not hysteria. What do you think if you're in the crowd and you're shaking hands and you're hugging people uh, by the hundreds, after it's done, okay to wash up? I, you know, I would say under that circumstance, wash up. If, if you go shake somebody's hand or you fist bump, I think you're generally okay. I mean, the reality of the thing is that for most of us walking around, our immune systems are pretty robust, and we're not going to get sick all the time. And the truth is that getting sick occasionally is not only no big deal, it might be part of the strengthening process. Well, I was talking with our doctor in our news segment while you were on hold before the show started for you, and we were talking about a measles. Uh, you know, I heard that, yes. You know, and I had in my day, I had the measles. I haven't had the measles since. I have the chicken pox. I don't have it anymore. My body has built up an immune system to that. Yes, it has. And that is, you know, there are, those, those happen to be two very rare diseases for which we have essentially effective vaccines. But you, in a sense, inoculated yourself. That's right. Once you grew accustomed to it, and and so one of the things we know about the immune system is that it learns, and another thing we know is that it must learn. And does it compensate for new things then? How do you mean compensate? Well, let, let's say there's a new disease that enters the body. Let, let, let's say uh, AIDS, yes. for example. How okay. does your immune system compensate for that? You have, you have asked possibly the deepest, most cosmic question of all about the immune system. And I'm going to phrase it a slightly different way. Okay. How the heck can our bodies come prepared to deal with a possibly infinite number of different organic threats? It is the question that vexed immunologists vexed immune system scientists for centuries. It just blew them away. And I'm going to give you some more information. Again, the details are in the book, but I refer to the immune system as the infinity machine based on what I'm going to describe to you here. So just to make this all the more astounding, bacteria and viruses replicate on the order of minutes. What that means is they can mutate into new forms. We replicate every 20 or so years you get a new generation. We couldn't possibly be in a Darwinian arms race with parasites. So how can our body come equipped to fight all these things? Well, it turns out that the genes in the immune system do something that no other 
genetic material in our species is capable of doing. And I'm not sure that other than in the immune systems, any genetic material does in any species. What happens is when you are born, when you are, I believe, an embryo um, in, in gestation, your basic immune cells have a function where they rearrange themselves at random, the underlying genetic material, so as to create literally billions of different genetic combinations, different keys. This is the metaphor to use. Inside your body are billions of different possible keys to fit any lock, any bacteria, virus, parasite lock that might come along. Most of those, George, most of those keys never get used. In fact, there are keys inside your body right now, George, for alien organisms that could come from outer space and land and be of such bizarre genetic permutation that we've never seen anything like it, and yet your body may well be prepared to fight it. Interesting. Well, remember that movie, The Andromeda Strain? Where this, the greatest ever. Oh, yeah. I mean, that tells it exactly like you've been pointing out. There's an organism from space comes, and most people couldn't handle it. And most people couldn't handle it. And you mentioned HIV, and I want to say that is about as devilish a disease as you could have. But, but some people could handle it, including one. We've talked about Jason. I'm going to tell you in a second about Bob Hoff whose immune system is so amazing it's studied by the National Institutes of Health. What makes him so amazing is he got HIV the night of Halloween 1977 and has never had a a symptom, and he's never gotten AIDS. He has the keys inside of him to fight a virus that is so nasty. The way HIV attacks the body is mm-hmm. absolutely diabolical. Most of us would die of it like the Black Plague. Are viruses smarter than our bodies? Well, they're, they're not smarter than our bodies, but they do have the capacity to replicate very quickly. And when you can replicate, when you can reproduce very quickly, you can create lots of different versions of yourself. One of the things that's happening right now, in particular with bacteria, is that they are replicating and creating defenses to antibiotics. They are very, very smart. Have you heard of drug-resistant infections? Yes, and also this this feeling now that antibiotics will become useless because the viruses are smarter. There's a statistic that says that by the year 2050, more people will die of drug-resistant infection in the world than will die of cancer. And, so, and I should rephrase that. Antibiotics can't fight viruses. They, they right. go after bacteria. I was just, I was just moving on from that. Now, also, let me ask you this, too, and then we're we're going to take, after the break, a whole bunch of calls. People are lining up like crazy for you. Yes. 
Why is it that when people are under incredible stress, whether they put it on themselves or not, they seem to get sicker more so than most people? They do not seem to. They do, and it's a great question, and I'd love to tell you about it. I get into this deeply in the practical answers part of the book, and to explain to you why stress so radically weakens the immune system I'm going to take you back, and uh, we need to picture ourselves, George, about, let's say, uh, about 4,000 years ago. So just picture us, but a lot hairier. And we are running across the savanna from a lion. Now, in that moment, our body is shifting its resources radically. It is moving the resources through a series of chemical releases of things called cortisol, which is a steroid, Mm -hmm. epinephrine and norepinephrine. And those chemicals help keep us alive. They almost superpower us under acute threat. But we get in that moment a, a great weakening, a shifting of resources away from our immune functions. And here's a basic logic behind it. If you've got to survive a lion, a head cold can wait. But what research has shown over time is that those fight-or-flight adrenaline experiences that once were associated with fleeing a lion or fighting a foe now can come up and we can experience them under all kinds of experiences like, say, taking a final exam. Lots of research has been done around what happens when people, how sick people get taking final exams. There is no lion, but in that moment, the immune system has been so radically weakened that it cannot fight off what otherwise would be fairly simple for the immune system to take on. Because kids are so stressed getting ready for the exam. Kids are so stressed. It happens, though, to, there's a character in in my book, a woman named Linda, who was an extraordinary businesswoman, once a professional golfer, and she was pushing herself so hard, in fact, she wound up giving herself strep and then not even treating it, sleeping several hours a night, and wound up with terrible a terrible autoimmune disorder, possibly triggered by the stress that had led to disease. So there are major outcomes for all kinds of people from stress. And the secret of all of this is, folks, don't stress yourself out. The, the secret is, you said it so well, there is no lion. <laughs> don't, don't make a, don't make a, 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 create a molehill into a lion. That's right. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.